0: Make
1: me wanna kick your heels up and Welcome back,
2: your listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Go Bills podcast now. from the Bills Backers of Chicago, Illinois. We are in separate places today. I'm Lars from Erie. Joining me at the Bills Bar in Chicago is the president of the Bills Backers, Sujit.
1: I am here and I am not happy, but I've made some money.
2: And Cassie, are you skiing or are you golfing this holiday weekend?
1: Uh, I'm 10. I'm at about
3: 87 feet in the air.
2: Got 25 feet and probably don't fall. Wow. Okay. Uh, so next time you talk, please take the ski boot off of your phone. It was a really frustrating day in Foxborough. This, you know, it seems like we have one of these every so often where it's a totally winnable game against the New England Patriots, and yet we've lost every single one of them. I've already forgotten the final score. We've got plenty to talk about. It's probably going to be a pretty low fi episode, but we do have a very extra special segment coming up later, so you'll want to stay tuned for that at the very least. So for Bills fans everywhere, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. We're going to get into New Year's later too, but for now Cass and Suge, let's not waste any time and get right in today's game.
1: Clinkity clink. Buffalo's <laughs> <laughs> happening now. We're on the now. happening now. They're making it happen now.
2: Final scoring this one 24 to 12. The Bills left a lot of points. On the table today, it was a seriously frustrating game, and for all of those who are joining us for the first time, or for those of us, or for those of you who are joining us um, and want to know why it sounds so weird, again, I'm sitting in my mother's kitchen, Sujit's at the bar, we're all in separate places, this is not what the podcast normally sounds like, but we are going to persevere, unlike the Buffalo Bills today, and... Also, Also, Sujit is not operating the rig. You know? We got a newbie over here. We got a newbie over here. That's what it is. And uh, (laughs) so it wasn't all ugly, though. It it was pretty ugly. Don't get me wrong. It was a very ugly, very ugly game. Um, But, Cass, we'll start with you. If you were to pick a bright spot in this game, you're the Bat Blue MVP of the contest.
3: Uh, Yeah, I'm going to choose a guy that's showing us that he wants to be on this team next year and that we need to extend his contract, and that would be Lorenzo Alexander. Yeah, I think he had every he had his tackle in the first half Yeah, every tackle in the first half He was playing on special teams Which was abysmal again today He had like eight tackles I mean, he was just a menace out there With Matt Milano not being in the lineup um, I feel like he put the team on his shoulders And tried to carry it But, you know, our team is much too heavy For a 37-year-old man to be able to carry it for four quarters
2: Suge, so coming to you now Any uh, positive things to say after today's game?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to praise uh, Keith Ford. Um, I don't think anyone expected anything from Keith Ford, um, and the fact that we continued to give the ball to Lashawn McCoy until you know we were down by 15 points, while he averaged 1.5 yards per carry, while at the same time Keith Ford at least had a respectable 3.3, and Josh Allen had a 4.3 yards per carry. Um, I think that, uh, you know, we'll get to our Jenny Cremales, but I think Keith Ford is doing what he was asked to do, you know, and and that's all that that's all that we needed to do this game was have people do what they were asked to do, like receivers catch balls, uh, defensive linemen seal edges, you know, things like that. So I'm going to give it to Keith Ford. I mean, not that he was amazing, but that there's not much more to be positive about.
2: Well, you know, you, you kind of spoiler alert there, and I know you're giving yours to Keith Ford relative to other running backs who I'm sure we'll mention later. So, in right. that spirit, and in the spirit of, well, you know, he can only do what you asked him to do, I have to give mine to Josh Allen again. And, you know, he wasn't perfect. We knew that you're was-
1: trying to start an argument, aren't you?
2: <laughs> Go ahead. What are you going to say?
1: No, I, you know what? I actually, literally, guys, all uh, well, you listeners, I texted the rest of the Bills backers group here. And asked, I was like, is, is Lars going to allow me to say that Josh Allen had a bad game, even though that his his, his stat sheet isn't not nearly as bad as it really is, as, it, as, as, it, as, it, as it's he played, but that it was still a bad game. And he's allowed to have those as a rookie because at this point I'm scared. And Cassie just replied, well, well, why don't you guys just shout back and forth for the entire podcast?
2: Well, yeah, but so- this is this is twice now that you're just looking at interceptions and going, oh, bad game. Bad game.
1: Oh no no no! I, I actually thought that the, some of his touch passes, like his attempt to do touch passes, were were the reason for a downfall. I think that um he I think he's he had a little bit of that deer in the headlights where he didn't know where to go with the ball that he had the first four. Well, games that's that the, the two. Unfortunately um, for you, oh, Sue, just okay. not you your. Unfa- I'm going to
2: turn your mic down, and you're not running the rig, so I just muted you. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, right yeah, now yeah, yeah, is yeah. not your turn to talk. It's my turn to talk about how Josh Allen was the Lebat Blue MVP, and not all the things that you saw from him that were lousy. I watched balls go right through receivers' hands. I watched passes go way down the field and just fall to the ground, right at the feet of receivers who had burned Stephon Gilmore on several occasions. I saw receivers who should've caught balls in the end zone but were interfered with and didn't get the calls. I saw Logan Thomas let them go right through his hands. And again, I saw Shady McCoy average 1.7 yards per carry. So who, who on this offense, I ask you, is meant to be running things when all of that is going on, the the rookie quarterback I, who <laughs> is up against a head coach who has never lost at home to a rookie quarterback before—that's the expectation that, with all of these things going on around him, that he is supposed to somehow play better than he did today.
1: Uh, so I, I thought we were talking about a Jenny or uh, 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 Blue MVP. Not all the you gave yours to, to Keith shot, Ford.
2: You gave yours to Keith <laughs> Ford. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Is it okay. Keith Ford touched it's the Keith ball Ford. five times. No, listen. Keith, Lars, you, you, you're it, right. It, Keith Ford didn't day, break totally his agree, ankle running up the field.
1: Yeah, on this day, I agree with Lars. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I know I I'm, I'm being a little bit argumentative. I know that Josh Allen threw some balls that a lot of we could have won this game had our receivers caught all the balls that they should have caught with Josh Allen. There's absolutely you're you're absolutely right. He did some dumb things. He wasn't seeing the field as well as he could have. But you're right. He did. He did what a rookie should do, especially against facing Belichick for the first time. So in that regard, I'm uh, I'm agreeing with you. I'm not like, going to go so I, far you know, as to say
2: we would have won the game, but the game itself would have been a lot different. And right. Tom Brady did not play well today. Let's let like let's not gloss over the fact that he and the rest of the Patriots weren't that good. They still managed to beat us by 12 points, but they weren't that good. Our team—if they would have played average—this would have been a good game. Instead, everybody not yep. named Josh Allen, including most of the members of the defense, I know—I know Cass gave Hurst the Lorax, but they all played badly, very, very badly. If they had played an average game today, it would have been a contest. If they would have played really well, if. Isaiah McKenzie wouldn't have been dropping the ball and would have played really well. Robert Foster would have played really well, if these if we would have gotten great games out of guys who had bad games, we might have won. But yes. so, you right, were so right. far from that. I
3: don't think you can No, I don't think you can say great games. I just think you could have said like average games. Like every wide receiver that you mentioned had horrific games. That's what
2: I'm saying. Like, I'm saying if, if they would have played an average game, it would have been yes. it would have been like a competitive game. That's what I'm saying. That's Correct. exactly what I'm saying.
1: Yes. I completely agree with both of you. I mean, it's just so sad. It's so sad because, you know, as much as I joke around about, you know, Josh Allen, you know, maybe you didn't have the great, greatest game in the world. But, I mean, that's all relative. That's only because we're in the the bat blue segment, right? Like,
4: exactly. It's, not,
1: it's no question who had the bad game today, right? Like, there's no question who was the best player on our offense. And it was, unfortunately, Josh Allen. And Keith Ford. But when, when when it's the rookie quarterback going up against Belichick and Keith Ford that are your best players, like, dear God.
2: Well, I'll start with the guys who had the worst games today. My Janie Cremale is going to Dar. I don't even know his first name.
3: Matt. Matt Dar. Matt Dar Go is on, his Cass.
2: name. Go on. Did I steal, I, did I steal your thunder? Why,
3: why is this guy even on our freaking team? I don't team?
2: know. I don't he know.
3: He can't punt he can't hold. He can't do a single thing. There's a reason why the Patriots cut him. And you know what? He's going back into Foxborough. So you know what, buddy? Oh, yeah, step up. Be a big NFL player. Doesn't do that. Freaking terrible.
2: He, he single-handedly cost us six points today. Actually, mm, yep. nine? I don't know. But, I mean, the the mishold, and then, you know, we didn't have confidence enough to even attempt a field goal and then turn the ball over downs. That At one point, the the, the score should have been 14-12. to 12. Yeah. yeah, is it is it Dar or can I just give
1: mine to the person that? Actually, no, I don't. I, I want to give it to him, but I want to take two. So come back to me. But I mean, jumping on Dar is. I mean, can we can we say anything else about Danny Crossman? Is that the reason why we shouldn't choose him?
2: Go go ahead. I when 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 have we ever I stopped sort of criticizing Danny Crossman?
1: No, I know, but there's nothing else to be said. Like it's just a bad coach that has just continued to have his team less and less prepared every single week. Now, by the grace of God and um, what's his name, dropping the ball inside of the end zone and coming out uh, from the Patriots. I don't know the names of Bills players, so don't expect me to know the names of Patriots players. Um, They had some like kickoff returns that were well covered. But beyond that, like, I mean, we have Isaiah McKenzie who waits two and a half seconds before deciding which way to run.
2: He gets carted to the locker room um, twice a game.
1: Yeah, we, <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. It's just so bad. There's nothing positive that's ever come about us, of, of our special teams. And and Danny Cross, and I'm sorry, at the end of the day, if the, the buck stops here. That's what they say. If you don't win games, the buck stops your head coach or your GM. Well, if it's special teams, the buck stops your special teams coach. And uh, if, if he's still employed here, just like if Sean McCoy is still employed here, who is going to get my uh, Jenny Cremail bummer of the week? Yeah. Um, then it doesn't make any sense. And LaShawn, love you for the, the the locker room presence that you are, love you for the entertainment, love you for the star quality that puts, you know, all the other younger players kind of have that wide-eyed appearance around you, but you're no longer an effective NFL running back, at least not on this team. When Keith Ford, a nobody, can do a better job, when Chris Ivory can do a better job. Your style of running is no longer effective. We used to say that because Shady is a shifty runner, he can last longer because he didn't take the big hits. But the problem is, a shifty runner cannot lose a single shred of speed, and he has. Yeah, well, let me, let me let me just add on to here. that
2: because he, here's what I want to mention. Like, like you're right that he might not be as effective as the guys who run north to south and however we're trying to run the ball, which you know is is anybody's guess at this point, but. We used to have at least once a game, you know, back in 2015, 2016, that era, we would have once a game, Shady would make a play and we'd go, wow. Like, we'd all stop and go, holy wow. Like, if it wasn't for this guy, we wouldn't be able to do anything because he is turning, he is making plays out of thin air. We haven't seen him do that once this year. And I understand that the offensive line is no good. I get all that. But you would think that a guy who was doing that so often would make at least one of those plays every once in a while. And we have not seen him do that once this year. So I agree. He's not Yeah, was- he, He's not effective even when he's – he would – he would be a different kind of effective if he was firing on all cylinders, but he's not, and his style of run is not conducive to whatever it is we're trying to do, apparently. But I don't think his style of run even fits him any longer. And, and right. I, I, like, I, I we we've, we, have, we have stopped short of tossing dirt on his grave on this podcast. I think it's pretty clear by this point.
1: Yeah, I think that I would say that um, all that we needed to see was there was two either runs or passes out into the flat where one, Shady was one-on-one against a linebacker. I think it was 54 on the Patriots. And the next one, he was against a lineman in 98. And in that type of open space, Shady McCoy, of all people, could not break a run. Um, He had to, you know, he made a fake and got past the lineman just to get tackled by a cornerback two yards down the field. And then the 54 actually tackled him. The linebacker actually tackled him. I mean, Fred Jackson made those guys miss. Miss, you know, Fred Jackson made safeties miss, and even in his old age. So, I mean, if, there's nothing wrong with this career that Shady McCoy has had, but he does not have the ability to be Shady McCoy anymore. Shady ain't Shady. Not let Shady be Shady. Shady ain't Shady.
2: Yeah, you heard it here first. Well, I actually, haven't you've been hearing it on WGR since week two, but um, and not from the host, but from the the uh, crazy callers. But you're, I, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm like, yeah, I. I We've been saying that there's no reason for him to be here, but I'm going to echo what Bill said during the game. I'd actually kind of be upset if we went into 2019 with him on the roster. And who knows? Maybe he'll surprise all of us, but at this point, that's exactly what it would be, a surprise. Cass, coming to you now, your Jenny Cremel bummer of today's contest.
3: So I'm going to take multiple players on this, and I'm going to start with Harrison Phillips, Chet Murphy, Star Tule, Jerry Hughes, Shaq Lawson, Jordan Phillips, Kyle Williams, uh, is there anyone else that I am missing? Uh,
1: if there's anyone else on the D line now? Our
3: defensive line by a Tom Brady Gronk Edelman, you know, air assault. We got beat by their running game. You know, this is, this isn't is the
2: first a- time this has happened though. This is not the first time where they flip the script specifically on us and then like run for two hundred yards, but. And every time it's it's more demoralizing than the last. But I'm not going to stop you because you're not you're not even remotely wrong. So keep going.
3: But it's it's an embarrassment. It's one thing to be like, okay, we lost to Brady. Oh Gronk. Oh Edelman. Oh blah blah blah. You know, Brady runs an offense. Brady didn't even need to be out there today. Dude, Brian Hoyer could have played for them, and I think they still would have beat us.
2: The, he he might have actually we, looked better than Brady. We
3: were, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we were just wide open. Every single time their running backs had it, they were eight, ten yards down the field. Before, like, we always talk about missed tackles. Sometimes there wasn't even a tackle. Like, nobody was even attempting to even touch the player. That, it was just such an embarrassment. And for, for, for a team that we've been all season saying, our defense is so good, our defense is so good, I've been saying for the last few weeks, our defense is not so good. Very clear today, our defense was not so good.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one one thing, you know, we, uh, as of last week, we had the number one defense in the league in terms of points and yards. So there are some good things about it. But as we, what we talked about is that, you know, just like you're really proud of your family, you never want to say anything bad about it. Maybe this is our wild card. Uh, but, uh, you know, like you, you love your family, but you all have that fucking uncle that's just a hot mess, um, or the aunt that's a hot mess. And so, like, you know, you have to recognize the parts of your defense that are broken, right? And, and Starla Tule was supposed to be here to shore up the inner uh, portion of our defense. Yet, I think we've been gassed relatively regularly. We're 10th in the league uh, against the run. And after this week, where what Lars They put up 270-plus yards on yeah. us rushing. Like, like there's no question that we're going to drop because we just, in one game, gave up more yards than you used to give up in three games as a star defense. So and, uh, I mean, go ahead.
3: how do you not look gassed out there? when every single time you're chasing a running back from behind. I mean, there were just gaping holes. And I know that Matt Milano, we are missing him. But, like, the hole should even be there because the defensive line was being pushed. And then, like, when anybody was trying to tackle, here's the thing. I would see, like, a Patriots player down the field, and our player would go and run into, like, the Patriots player who was blocking him instead of going after the person who has the ball. Like, I don't understand that. Like, hey, there's a person running down the field. I'm just going to run into that person rather than looking around and trying to find the person with the ball.
1: Right. I mean, like, there is that. There is the idea that you're supposed to occupy a blocker so the people behind you. The problem is there's no one behind them.
3: Or or that's the offensive line job. It's like, the, you know, the Patriots offensive line is trying to get you to block them. And, and, and our players are just running into them and making their jobs easy. I don't understand it. Like, don't make – the Patriots' offensive line job, easy by just running into them. Go to the left. Go to the right. Try to do something different. Try to go into a hole that they're trying to create. It was like we were just running at their players. It just yeah, made Mark, zero sense to me. Yeah, Every single one of them. I don't think a single person played well. Was Kyle Williams even out there today? I have no idea. Jerry Hughes was because
1: I saw him whiff a few times. Mm.
2: Um, I almost don't
1: want to stop. Her. Let her keep going. Let her Yeah, keep
2: going. I, don't want to t- I don't want to stop either. I just, I just want to interject one thing, you know. Imagine how this game looks if our receivers catch a ball every once in a while and they, they can't rely on the run game and they have to pass to keep up with us. Could have been a whole different story. Yeah. Yeah, yes, I, I agree. I and agree. I'm, not, but the I'm defense not saying that lets the defensive off. line off the hook for not playing well, but, you know, it, that's what happens when you've got a team that does, does isn't good enough on offense to, to force teams to do things differently when they have the ball. Can I add one
1: more Jenny Cremel Bummer of the Week, and that's us. Uh, because we had to mention last week our lack of three and outs.
2: Oh yeah, and this yeah it was bad this week.
1: So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my bad, my yeah, bad. Third down, uh, third down conversions, terrible. Yeah, so we'll we'll take that one, Bill Mafia.
2: Yeah, so okay, well, um, like I mentioned up top, we are gonna have a very extra special segment coming up here in a few minutes, and uh, Cass and Suge, I want you guys to hang around for the wild card, but let's put uh, let's bury this one. You know, this is typical late December Pats games. They always suck. They're always really tough to watch. And uh, this one did not disappoint. So don't let it ruin your Christmas. But, uh, you know, 10 straight years, division champs, this story's getting old.
3: And you know what? You know what's going to be good It's when we flip the switch. When we flip the switch and we turn, it, we turn the talk track and we beat the Patriots a game like this, damn it, I can't wait.
2: Well, from your lips to baby Jesus' ears, Cassie.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that sound means it's time for Tacos Calientes.
1: It's Tacos Calientes. It's made- Arriba! Welcome, Taquitos.
2: As we all know, Tacos Calientes is Tex Mex for hot takes. And here with his Tacos Mas Calientes, uh, Jam and Jeff Day, not in Austin, Texas, but in Buffalo, New York. Jam and Jeff Day, welcome to the podcast.
0: Uh, thank you. And I, I, let me correct you. There, I actually am in Austin, Texas. But Bama and Papa Tay are visiting in Austin, Texas, ah, for the holiday.
2: Okay, all right. So, uh, so you're not.
0: It's you're, a Christmas in Texas this year.
2: Yeah. So nobody has snow this year for Christmas. It seems, except for Cass, who apparently has some sweet pow. <laughs> ah,
0: shred the, the nar.
3: That's right, shred the nar.
2: Uh, did I say that right? I don't ski. Yeah.
1: They Either that, that, that or you made a cocaine like... reference. One of the two.
2: <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, Jim, uh, so Jeff, yeah, another uh, Patriots loss in the books. Another one where they ran all over us. Uh, this one was pretty frustrating to watch. What do you got for us in the ways of tacos calientes?
0: I mean, it's 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 almost um, it's almost a sick game of you know how many different ways can we find to lose to the Pats? Right. You know, it's over the years. It's is it, it going to be because Brady throws five touchdowns and four hundred yards? Is it going is it going to be because Leonis McKelvin fumbles away a punt? Um, or is it going to be, or is it just going to be a game like today, which was a game that was um, one that we sort of felt like was within reach at all times until Croom fumbled away the opportunity at the end. Um, but if you were to ask any of us, if you're going to hold Brady to under 150 yards passing with two picks. And one touchdown. Do you like your chances? We're going to say we'll take those every day of the week. Um, so you know, an unusual game, one in which the run run defense got gashed repeatedly. Um, reminiscent of the first half of the Jaguars game, um, albeit without the second half adjustments or perhaps just without the second half, um, uh, uh ex- expulsion, um, ejection of their, of their running back. Yeah, that's um, a good point
2: there. Uh, lest we forget that that was, uh, that was sort of the catalyst that got us to win that day.
0: That's right. You know, so who knows how that game would have shaped up otherwise, but you know, it was, um, it was a game where the, where the defense didn't have any answers today. Um, the run game and the offense just couldn't, really couldn't get out of its own way. And what we've been talking about the entire season is really, was really just put on full display here today, which is without any playmakers on the outside, any true elite playmakers, you just can't make many great plays. And Robert Foster is probably the closest thing that we have to it. But yeah, let's be honest, we're talking about an undrafted free agent rookie.
2: Yeah, and it. it, it... We've already touched on this, but it would be nice to have a playmaker on the outside. It'd also be nice to have a running game. So absent virtually anything uh, to move the ball, save for Josh Allen hanging in there and trying to wing it forty yards on a line, uh, we're 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 kind of stuck.
0: I mean, and that and that brings me sort of the point number one, which is, you know, in, in th- this season has been about out with the old and in with the new. Today we saw it with Clay Charles Clay being a healthy scratch, and. We also saw it in the form of LaShawn McCoy playing, but but was he? Um, you know, was was the game, you know, was was the game plan at all centered around what is your sort of like perennial all-star running back? The answer to that, of course, is no. Keith Ford got more touches, and I know that LaShawn's still recovering from a hamstring, but I, I would be shocked if LaShawn is 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 on this team. Talk to him. I would be
1: surprised if Lashawn is on this team next year. I mean, in the interest in the interest of sound, uh, both Cassie and I have gone on mute when we're not talking. But as soon as you mentioned Lashawn McCoy and his ineffectiveness, I felt compelled to unmute my phone and tell you how bad Lashawn McCoy was today. That's all I have Tell me the stats, dude. And that's it. That's it. Tell I'm me the stats. My hand over the phone again. Are the stats? I mean, you, that. 1. you know the dance. 1.5 yards. 1.5 yards <laughs> per carry. Who's that?
3: That don't make no damn sense.
1: All and right. Here's the, I'm going here's back on you.
0: Oh, maybe Cass wants to chime in. I don't know. Um, but here's the thing with that, Sooj, which I'll double down on. Today we saw on the opposite side of the ball, Burkhead and, and White or whomever these guys even are. They're getting touched behind the line of scrimmage. You know, I mean, there's contact being made and yet, you know, these guys sort of continue to squirt out for three or four or 15 yards. (laughs) But, um, but you know what I mean? I mean, I think that's, that's sort of the difference here. It's like, we get it. Our offensive line stinks. It's a fact it's known. It's not, it's, it's, there's no secret, but the question, like, I think, you know, what separates sort of like running backs is, well, what can you do with that? What can you do with that lack of talent? And gosh, I mean, LaShawn today, I mean, it was just obvious, especially on a couple of those runs to the outside, that, hey, the guys just lost the
2: step. Boy, you know, Jeff, I mean, the Jeff Day mind meld in full effect once again this week, and that's sort uh, of the point that I made too, which was, yeah, it'd be great if the offensive line uh, could create a hole every once in a while, and it'd be great if he was more of that north-south runner who fell forward, but, like, this is his fourth year on the Bills. He's never been that runner. He's he's never needed gaping holes to run, though he has always been relied upon to make plays when there's nothing there, and he has not done that at all this year. Not we, once. We, hold we, on.
3: We, hold on. I don't want to defend because I do not think that LaShawn had a good game. But how are you supposed to like have a good game when you have six touches, six carries? I,
2: I That's think our I think
3: that, running back. But
2: Cassie, I think goes. that look look how this team has now for set for a couple players, Charles Clay, Kelvin Benjamin, Andre Holmes, they phase guys out. Like you don't, you're yeah. not just you're not just gone tomorrow. Like they're they're he's just been gradually taken out of the play the game plan. And of course he is. He's not effective. That's clearly That's
3: right. what's happened. But like the, the games that LaShawn does well is where he has. 20 plus carries. I would there was a well, game Well, that's this fine, year but that's going
2: to take the- that's going to take seven straight possessions of 3 and outs for him to get 20 carries because he's only carrying the ball 2 yards every time he touches it.
1: Well, hold on. I, and I will say one other thing is that you know, the reason LaShawn used to get more carries and then do well is because he would break one off for 50 yards. But we've given him games where he got multiple carries and he was ineffective. Like that's the problem is that he used to average a reasonable yards per carry because he'd go 50, one and a half, one and a half, one and a half, fifty, one and a half, three, one and a half, one so he would do that nonsense, right? But you never knew when he was gonna break one for, for far distance, as as Lars alluded to. But now it's just you can't afford that anymore.
2: Now guys, let me transition to hold on, hold on. what do you okay. th- what what would you guess is LaShawn McCoy's longest run this year? Oh no. 12,
1: 12 yards.
2: Okay, so I was going to so go, go in, in 22. 20, no, he had a. 2015, had a it was 48. Holding plays. In 2015, it was 48. In 2016, it was 75. In 2017, it was 48 again. 24 yards then.
1: Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm with you.
2: You're going with 24? Yeah, and I'm at twenty two. You're you're close. It was twenty it's twenty-eight.
0: Yeah. I mean that's why I won the spread,
2: baby. But oh
0: what a backdoor cover for Sujan and Cass, by the way. Yeah, that was <laughs> I, got, I got no shame.
2: So um no. he has that twenty eight yard run is one of three runs he has this year of twenty yards or more. Oof.
0: Wow. That's something. I mean that says it all. The numbers don't lie. Unless we're talking about our friend Josh Allen, <laughs> <laughs> but before before I make any comments there, I, it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a 2018 pod if we couldn't talk about the Buffalo Bills special teams units.
2: Oh, go on. We and, already have, so please pile on.
0: And just I'll just pile it on. What a day! What a day for Danny Crossman, who who obviously has the pictures and uh, you know keeps hiding those. Uh, my mom's not a fan of me talking about the pictures that Danny has on Kim. Um, but uh, little known fact, by the way. Quick aside: Did you guys know that Jason Kroon dates the Pugula's daughter?
2: No, but that. Um, okay. Breaking news. Breaking, breaking news. news out of
0: Breaking news out of One Bill's Drive. Uh, Jason Fumbling Bumbling Kroon, uh, who uh, by the way uh, I actually
2: do like. I do yeah, like I like so, him a lot. But I, I mean, so Cass, you said you saw that coming. I felt it coming. It was just like, dude, just go coming. down, just go down, just go down. Everybody.
1: So the I, entire I like Bills and it. Beers crew said. Oh God! Hold on to the ball. Oh,
3: I'm yelling. I do go feel down, like Cassie Go would, down! Go down! I feel like Cassie it.
0: would appreciate the, you know, the sort of this, this dating revelation. But yes, uh, Jason Krum is is having a uh, is in a romantic relationship with none other than Kim Pagula's daughter. Uh, news broke. Which to me daughter? By my wife because this is it the
3: daughter we all follow on Instagram because they don't she doesn't post a lot of social content with them together.
1: Well, would you cast if you were dating the girls if you were dating the owner's daughter, would you really post a bunch of shorts? Well yeah. she doesn't
3: post it. She should have no qualms about it.
2: Jeff, anyways, yeah, you think, were talking uh, about the special teams.
0: Oh, just what a day. What a day for the special team. And particularly our, <laughs> our, our our star on special teams. I don't even know his first names are. Um, <laughs> third, so yeah, uh, uh, we we've season. singled
2: him out already, and uh, the person who singled out yours truly also didn't know his first name.
0: Yeah, I mean, nobody. All, all we know is that he wears Brian Mormon's number, um, the late, great Brian Mormon. Um, and,
2: He's I mean, not just, dead. I still have his jersey. He's not dead. So, I kind of wish he was.
0: <laughs> I mean, what, what was a blocked punt, a 20-yard field goal, multiple special teams whips. We did make a couple of good tackles uh, on the kickoff, so i will give him that. But just a missed field goal. I mean, just a, just a heck of a day for the special teams unit. Um and, you know, it's been this game was sort of a synopsis of, of the Bills offense and special teams throughout the season. And, you know, that, that's really what there is to say about it.
2: So back to LaShawn McCoy real quick. We said that he has three runs of more than 20 yards this year. In 2016, he had 11 runs of 20 yards or more and three runs of 50 yards or more. Well, Jeff, what were you drinking down there today in Austin?
0: I was drinking um, a little bit of uh, Pacifico and Bud Lights, a couple of uh, classic light beers. Um, but we did make homemade buffalo wings, and we ordered in some pizza. So
1: that was our buffalo contribution.
2: What a— what Hey, a... Jeff,
1: can I say one thing? Can I say one thing? Can I find some, like, good lighter beers for you to drink? Like, I can't handle this. I'm drinking Bud Light, and I'm drinking Pacifico nonsense. Like, there's plenty good— like, lighter beers for you to drink. Like, go, I mean, let's, let's you guys get the self-respect to, to drink, like, the German beers or something. You know, like, stop drinking that nonsense. Uh, I You know what, Sujid, uh, uh Welcome, or uh, uh,
0: recommendations are welcome and appreciated. Give it to me. I, and I need, I need you.
2: And, All right, I'm going to make a list. And, and Suj to answer your question, 3.3 yards per carry, which I'm sure went down today. Okay, well, Jeff, um, thank you so much for joining us. I know we're going to get somebody extra special here on the line, so hang around, and uh, we'll be back to hear that in just a brief second. Well, this is a very extra special podcast. It's a near Christmas podcast. Christmas is a very special time of year, and it's extra special for the moms out there. It's a special time of year to spend with the moms, and it's a special time of year for the moms to spend with their loved ones. So today, we're bringing you the Mom Squad, since my mom is so, so uh, gracious to be hosting today's podcast, and Leslie, Mrs. Day, Je- Jim and Jeff Day's mom, is so gracious to be joining us. They're here to give us a little motherly wisdom. Mom, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. And, and Mrs. Day, welcome to the podcast.
3: Thank you very much. Glad to be
2: here. So you two are both terrific moms. Let's start right there, right off the bat. And you, you've, you've both had varying success of, of raising children. And we have a very young Buffalo Bills team this year. And you guys have a lot of wisdom at being a mom, and you've got a lot of wisdom when it comes to watching these Buffalo Bills. So today we want to ask you guys what you would tell these young Buffalo Bills to give them advice for their future. Mrs. Day, we'll start with you.
3: Okay, well, first of all, I want to give a shout-out to Bills and Beers podcast, the best podcast around. And a particular shout-out to Cassie, because women's power in football is really important. So go cat. and um, you know, as a mom, the thing we want for our, our kids, AKA the young Buffalo Bill is success and happiness. And that comes in uh, lots of forms, but I guess I would say in life and in football, listen to your elders, AKA the veterans, but also bring your youthful exuberance and uh, your own personal knowledge and excitement into your life and into your football game. Play really, really hard, play with passion, Play with everything you've got. Never give up. Don't stop till that whistle blows, please, and keep going. Then even after that, sometime.
2: Wow, now it's it's very clear where Jeff gets it from, Mom. That's going to be tough to beat. Yes, it is. Yeah. What? So, so, as a Bills fan, as a mom, we've got Josh Allen up and coming. We've got other youngsters on this team. What would you tell these guys about keeping their head on straight, performing week in and week out? Side note: My mom's about to play organ t- for church tomorrow for a Christmas Eve service. She's been playing organ for church every Sunday since she was nine years old. So she knows a thing or two about performing. So, Mom, what would you tell these guys?
4: Well, I would say, first of all, you keep at it. Patience, patience, patience. You have to practice. You have to listen. You have to learn and look around you and see what works and what doesn't work. You must be coachable. We always told Lars that when he was growing up. You've got to listen to the coach. Be a team player, Lars. And I'd say for the Bills, they are definitely in a building year. You can tell that by the inconsistency of their skills. But I'm sure down the road, we're going to be at a Super Bowl soon.
2: Well, you heard it here first. Moms, we love you. Thanks so much for being here. Mrs. Day, have a great time down in Austin. And mom, thanks for being with us today.
4: Yes, Merry Christmas, everyone. All right.
1: Shout out for those bills. Go bills! Oh my god, I cannot. I can't.
2: can't. Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode, which means it's the wild card portion of today's episode. It's the it's
3: the wild card.
2: Close enough. You guys should have. uh, You should have rehearsed that one. This is Bills and Beers. We talk about the Buffalo Bills. We do so drinking beer. Not exactly an exotic day here for me. I had one Coors Light and again, Lain. Suge, what was going on at the station today? Well, um, I was
1: not drinking at all today, believe it or not. Um, uh, I'm working, so I was not able to do that. But I will say that much to our love, I will look at the beer list here at the station and tell you that zombie dust is back. All right. So, So that was good stuff.
2: Cass, coming to you now.
1: So
3: I am in Colorado, which is the second mecca to Chicago of craft brews. And unlike Jeff, I do, you know, try to drink lighter beers and go out and find stuff. Um, so I'm drinking a Steamworks Colorado Kolsch. Um, it is out of, uh, I don't know where Steamworks is, at. somewhere here, or Durango, Durango, Colorado. If you can get your hands on this Colorado Kolsch, oh, my God, it is so good. It is perfect for drinking during a football game and, like, crying tears into it. The salt just absorbs really well into the beer. Um, so go out there and get a Colorado Kolsch out of Steamworks in Durango.
1: Hey, uh, question, Cass. Cass, is, is a Colorado yeah. Kolsch different than a regular Kolsch, or is, it just, is this Kolsch made in Colorado?
3: No, I think it's just a Kolsch made in Colorado. So it's a Colorado ale, but it's a, a Kolsch style. So I
1: do love Steamworks. Steamworks without good products.
3: And and one thing to tell you, so I am seeing a big trend out here in Colorado because I do like to drink a lot of Kolsch's. They're going towards a li- really fruity direction. So I've seen one with like a peach added to it, another one with a raspberry Kolsch. I'm not quite a fan of those, um, but I think that might be something big for this summer. It's going to be these Kolsch Style beers with a uh, fruit added to them.
2: It's a funny time right now for beer makers. People are getting into weird stuff. I, I read not long ago that beer sales in general are pretty flat, and sometimes I feel like a lot of those fruity stuff are kind of hail marys to to change the beer game. I'm not sure how I feel about it. You think someone's
1: jumping shark, isn't what you're saying?
2: Yeah, they're you know they're trying too hard. And speaking of trying too hard, we are not going to try too hard with this segment. Um, we've been talking around a lot of these issues for a while. We're two days from Christmas. By the time you're getting it, it will probably be the next day or Christmas. Well, or you're hearing this a few days after Christmas, but it's a time of year of giving. It's also a time of year of receiving. And 2019 is right around the corner, and with it, a new team, new hopes, and new dreams. So, Sooj, we'll start with you. What is it that you want from 2019, Buffalo Bills? Personal doesn't matter.
1: That one that was sorry the the in in the beauty of our this weird ass podcast that we're doing. I couldn't hear a damn thing. Was that coming to me? Sure was. Sure. All right. Great. Well, I will tell you what I want. I want some receivers. That's all I want. I'm going to be as literal as human possible. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to try and be funny. I'm just trying to recognize the fact that I have a quarterback that is showing promise, working with the worst tools possible. So we were talking earlier today about the fact that Lars was trying to set up the rig, and anyone that has seen the movie Space Odyssey 2001 and remembered the monkeys that had just learned that they could use rocks as tools, we were joking around that that is Mars trying to set up the rig. Oh geez. But, but that also to me feels like that also feels to me like what Josh Allen is trying to work with, that he has no hope until he gets some tools, and Josh Allen doesn't even have a damn rock. So, in, 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 in fairness, Lars could be Josh Allen. He could have all that talent. But if he doesn't have that help around him, he can't do it. And that's what me and Cassie are here is to be his help. But that's what I want to give to Josh Allen.
2: Yeah, and, you know, uh, you think, think back, Bills fans, to 2016 when Bills fans everywhere, on the radio, on Twitter, on message boards, doesn't matter, would say things about Robert Woods, about him not being a, quote, true number two quote, <laughs> and i remember and i remember hearing people say that and immediately thinking first off what do you think is a true number two? like what does it mean to be a number two receiver and second of all i thought man you were gonna feel really dumb when he when he leaves this team and goes before, can you imagine just having robert woods in this receiving core how much of a difference it would make
1: Hey, you know who else is not in real number two is Chris
2: Hogan. <laughs> yeah. You know who else is in a real number two? Robert Foster. There you go. Um, and I will say, so uh, just to stick with this for a second, because we haven't really touched on the ins and outs out on a whole lot, and we will when we do an offseason pod, I think th- realistically speaking, this offense is like five pieces away from making a, a pretty considerable jump. And, a, and that sounds like a lot, but hear me out. I think we are two or three linemen and two or three receivers and one running back away from having a team that looks exponentially better on Sunday. And between free agency and the draft, I don't think that it's going to be that hard to find five players to turn this offense around. Call me crazy. Call me wildly optimistic. But I think it is within reach. Hey, Lars, how long do
1: we... Do you have any, or maybe Cassie, Do you know how long we signed Star for?
2: Of several years.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I. That's one of the things that I'm disturbed by because I feel like this week exposed our the problems we have in the upfront portion of our line, especially with Kyle Williams probably retiring. Um, and Harrison Phillips maybe is adequate, but he's so far he hasn't proven himself to be a Kyle Williams. Yes, he shouldn't, but. But I I do worry about that, right? Because if if we have to pay a a, a solid defensive lineman, center defensive lineman, that's expensive.
2: Maybe. Um, Cass, coming to you now, your 2019 wish, personal, professional, bills related, doesn't matter what.
3: So uh, I'm going to actually take over the pod right here because we've had a special guest from a Mrs. Lars and a Mrs. Jeff, and there's a Mrs. Donna that would oh. like to actually say what she's looking forward to in 2019 and what she's asking for for the Buffalo Bills.
2: We can't have favorite, a mom squad part. without Donna.
3: Go Bills. How about getting a special teams unit <laughs> and a coach to go with it and maybe a punter that might help. Go Bills. Merry Christmas,
2: everyone. Merry Christmas. You, Merry Donna. Christmas. Okay, so now so we— So that was
3: my mom's—that was, that was the, that was the deal contribution.
2: I loved it. And, you know, between uh, myself and just naming five players, her naming one-third of a team— you know, we got about 40% of this team we need to be looking for in 2019 is where we're at right now, with two people left to go. So, Cass, what do you have?
3: And you know what I'm going to go for? I'm going for not having to trust the process, but knowing and being in the middle of the process Hmm. because we have this like fruition of like fruition. Like we need to, we don't know what the the process is out there, but you know what? Next year, we're going to be in the middle of the process and we're going to be so damn happy that we trusted the process.
2: I like it. I like it a lot. Ooh, I like that. I love that. I genuinely love that. So, uh, you know, we've got some pretty pie-in-the-sky ambitions at this point. We have identified quite a few things about this team, so I'm going to follow suit. I'm not going to make it about the Buffalo Bills, and instead, I'm going to hope that in 2019, we have a calm and reasonable electorate that is driven by thoughtful and impactful rhetoric, and that our leaders and our institutions are as strong and grounded in morality as ever. How's that for wishful thinking?
1: Can I say one thing, Lars, real quick? Um, my daughter has learned an expression, uh, that she learned from her uncle. Okay. And I think it, it lies. It, I think it's a perfect expression for what you just said. And it's ain't going to happen, Captain. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, involved. yeah.
1: So that's what, I, that's what I'm hearing on day in and day out now.
2: Yeah. Great. I'm sure that's a, Hey, it's time to go to bed. Ain't going to happen, Captain. <laughs> Well, we'll be back together. Cass, I'm assuming, Suge, I'm assuming you guys are going to be back in the bar next Sunday for the season finale.
1: I will be in Cabo, Mexico. Oh. I will not be available.
2: Cass?
1: I will be in Colorado, 9,000 feet high.
2: You guys are killing
1: Actually, me. Actually, will you, will you text me because I may be on Wi-Fi. I can Wi-Fi call you.
2: Well, we'll do what we can. I guess it's going to be another remote, uh, lo-fi episode. I don't even know what I'm going to do for music. Whoa, this this is going to be interesting. By the time you're hearing this, though, you'll have, you will have will have found out what the solution, if a solution exists, what it is. Well, I guess we won't be together then, guys. We won't be together until the offseason. Uh, it's been a, a heck of a run, and I will be at the station, I guess, just for one last hurrah. And uh, we'll be back in time to talk about the final showdown against the Miami Dolphins. So until then, uh, go Bills! Go Bills! Bills. Bills.
3: Merry Christmas! Merry
2: Christmas, everybody!
1: The Bills make me wanna!